0: Welcome, everyone, to Be Better Betters. I'm the host, Spanky. Thanks for listening. My guests this week are an up-and-coming professional betting group known as Pro Bet Vegas. They have been betting sports professionally for three years and have been very successful. I met both of these guys earlier this year in Las Vegas and was so impressed that I had to not only become friends with them, and I enjoy our friendship, but also I'd love for them to share their experience on the podcast for all you up-and-coming bettors out there. Please welcome Harut and Drew from ProBet. Harut and Drew, thanks for coming on, fellas.
1: Thanks for having us, man. Thanks for having us, Panky.
0: No problem, guys. So, guys, um, you know, I want to get a little bit of how you kind of guys got together um, and how you guys met each other. Um, usually, I start with how life was growing up, but you guys are pretty young, so you know what I mean. I don't need to know what you know how life was back in the early two thousands. Let's uh, <laughs> let's start with like how you guys met each other and what got you into sports betting. Drew, you want to go first?
2: Yeah. Um, well, harder and I knew each other for a long time. Um, when we when we started betting sports, we had met well over ten years ago playing basketball here in Vegas. Uh, we're both Armenian, so we both play basketball on an Armenian uh, team uh, here in town. And you know, I met Hadoth; he was like 15, 16 years old at the time. I was 18, 19, um, and we've always had this fascination with with betting. Uh, but things didn't really get serious until a few years ago. Um, you know, we I had I had spent some time away from Vegas. I moved to Florida. I'm just kind of giving you the truncated version. So we're not going all into depth about this, but uh, I had moved to Florida uh, and I was wanting to come back to Vegas. This was a few years ago uh, and the opportunity arose for me to come back home. And when I did is when we started linking up and we, we really started kind of uncovering things at a pretty fast rate. Um, But prior to that, uh, a lot longer ago, um, you know, when I had first graduated from UNLV, this was back in like 2012, uh, I was trading stocks, uh, with my dad. And Harut and I, back even back then, were, were really fascinated with the betting, like, we were like looking into different things, um, you know, trying to figure it out, but you know, it was still kind of early for us.
0: Beautiful. How about you, Harut?
1: Well, yeah, like Drew said, we met a few years back, um, but. Prior to that, you know, I always had, I was involved in, you know, a lot of gambling in my family. My, you know, my dad was a poker player, um, so I used to be around him a lot. We'd watch poker on TV, all the World Series of Poker events. Um, I'd watch him play on Poker Stars back when it was still legal in the States. Um, my grandpa was huge in, um betting, boxing and stuff. So, I mean, pretty much from a young age, I was always curious about betting you know i was influenced by both my grandfather and my dad so you know when drew and i met that interest or that you know my passion for betting was there and as we played basketball together um we we both realized that there was you know a similar interest for us you know outside of basketball too you know we were we were both interested in betting so you guys bet sports
0: for fun at that time you guys bet sports yeah. and you know um, and you guys would say, hey, I got this team, I got that team. You know, what did you guys compare notes and stuff like that? Who do you like tonight?
2: Yeah, I mean,
0: not just that.
2: I mean, we were we would just like, like I, for example, I was researching uh, the validity of a, of a Martingale system. And I spent like a long time trying to see if it was even like a worthwhile strategy. Uh, and I had like, you know, collected a bunch of data from, you know, a bunch of years past in college basketball only to find out that it's a pretty shitty strategy. But, you know, at that time you didn't, you don't know what you don't know. So the curiosity kind of takes you down the path to learn things.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. I, I, I remember, you know, learning craps when I was, when I was growing up and, I, you know, every single bet on the craps table, I, I solved and, you know, pr- proves it to myself that everything was just, a, you know, a negative expected value play. But it's beautiful to go through that and to be able yeah. to just prove it to yourself. It, it's fulfilling. Um, and I recommend everybody does that with every casino game. If you could just, you know, figure out and, and, and get into that process, I think it goes a long way. How about you, Harut? What did you, um, do to you know realize you know did you explore any different systems or did you fall for any traps early on
1: yeah I mean you know just like majority of people when you first start off you know you're curious you know you're first passionate about sports and then you go into the betting field and you think you got it all and that's kind of like the path that I started with you know I, I opened up my first you know online account when I turned 18 and I you know I tried to figure out a way to you know make money obviously it didn't work out at first and then you know i spent a lot of my time trying to sign up for forums see what other people were talking about what kind of information there was out there so I, I guess i was you know putting myself in a position where i was always curious as to what i can do next what what strategy can i implement in my in my betting that will help me you know make money i didn't really know too much about expected value and all these you know terms that you know are pretty much the foundation of making profitable bets however you know i did you know, have in the back of my head that every time I was going to bet something, I was going to try to find something that was underpriced. So back in um, 2013, I was basically um, a part of this online community where there was like a bunch of sharps and everyone was kind of coming out with their own plays and their own numbers. And we were just kind of collaborating. And I was spending a lot of time doing um, reverse puck lines in the NHL. Um, and at that time, um, they were um, pretty underpriced like i would turn like a favorite into an um, an underdog and they were when they were playing at home and because the NHL totals were so low back in the day i had put together some kind of model that was giving me an edge against um, against some of the lines that i was getting at um, five dimes
0: all right that's beautiful that that's great stuff so you know you're starting what community was that if you don't mind me asking
1: uh, i was part of a community called z code
0: gotcha Okay. So you're in the Z code, you're on the internet forums, a few of them. Um you're 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 chatting it up with other people or, you know, obviously when, when when you're in the sports betting field, when you first come into it, you see a lot of touts and you see a lot of advertisement. Hey, subscribe to my service. Did you guys go into any of those?
2: Yeah, we actually did. Um you know, when when you don't you don't know what you don't know, right? So when when you find first like get introduced to a space you're kind of like uncovering things some things you learn from other people telling you and then other things you got to learn the hard way um back when we didn't know any better we were naive we had bought you know packages uh not packages one package from vegas Dave. i remember this was a while ago this was like right around 2011 12 right around then um only to find out that you're just I mean, I, I didn't believe in this strategy after we saw it, and you realize what it what it really is. Um, you know, you realize that it's kind of a waste um, for many reasons. Uh, but you know, I think I think it's good to go through that um, because you learn. You learn. Sometimes you know they say learning the hard way is the best way because uh, you really get something out of it.
0: So you know, we kind of learned that. Um, and you guys went partners on a Vegas Dave package. You guys said, "Let's go with fifty-fifty or something." Or, yeah, yeah, we did just
2: to kind of see what it was because you just you can't help, you know, our curiosity couldn't help but wanting to know.
0: Of course, Vegas Dave could he could sell an Eskimo ice. No, I don't. I I understand. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I'm not. I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from him on the on the sales side of it. He's probably one of the better market uh, online marketers of our time. That I can oh, yeah. take away from him. But Without as far as the betting, the betting information it was it was trash. I mean, I'm of course, it. it wasn't good.
0: So okay, so listen, this is what we call in, in any, in, in, at least in my, you know, in our business. You paid your tuition. Um, this is a tuition, and 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 in order to get to school and in order to graduate to smarten up, you got to pay tuition so you paid your tuition you know you fell for a couple of traps there um you know tout services and you looked into the martingale thing um you realized hey wait a minute none of this is working what was the first moment for both of you um or any either of you could just take this take this answer um mm-hmm. what was the first moment where you realized aha wait a minute i think this is the right method To uncover, This is the right method. This is the right path to go down.
1: So I was doing a lot of, you know, research. I was reading a lot of books and articles centered around the concept of expected value. So when I when I was doing, you know, absorbing this knowledge and Drew was in Florida, you know, a moment, a moment clicked for me. And I was like, you know, I really got to run this information that I'm picking up over by over by Drew. I want to see what he's up to. So I started, you know, sharing, um, you know, the concepts that I was learning. And I was like, you know, whether we believe a certain team is going to win or not, it doesn't really matter. These are, you know, how this is how we got to play it. We got to make sure that, you know, when we're placing bets, we got to make sure that the expectancy of their, you know, their, their win percentage is, is going to beat the implied probabilities that we're getting. So just... Putting all of these concepts together helped us realize, like, this is the way to make money. This is the way, this is the formula that we need to apply in our betting decisions, and um, let's give it a go. Of course, you know, we still had to experience it for ourselves before we could really say, hey, this is working, or we, we wanted to make sure that we were actually making plus EV decisions when we revisited the whole betting thing. But Drew was like, Yeah, you know, this is this this makes a lot of sense. You know, we gotta we gotta put this to use. So Drew came back from Florida and at the time my my parents were actually um wanted to, you know, sell their house and they were going to move into something smaller. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna kind of just go, you know, my own way. And Drew was coming back to Florida. I mean from Florida to Vegas and it was kind of like a perfect time for us to be roommates. So Drew Drew bought a house um we moved in together we we started applying some of the stuff that we had picked up and talked about and it was the start of the MLB season and we just we we gave it a go um we started applying the uh, principles of expected value and trying to get you know the best source of um information possible to make sure that we were getting bets that you know were plus EV
0: now, when you say plus EV, there's two there's two methodologies, you know, at least in, in my opinion, to be able to beat this game. I call them, you know, there's a bottom up approach and a top down approach. A bottom up approach where you're handicapping games, creating models, cranking out a number, comparing that number to the bookmaker's number. If there's enough of a discrepancy, you execute a trade. That's a hard thing. That's a hard way to making a uh, to to make a hard living, not even an yeah. easy living. The other way is what I do is the top-down approach where you're looking at numbers, you're looking at lines, and you're looking for off lines. You're just looking at lines that are different and looking at trying to beat the closing line. No information about players, no information about anything. Which method were you guys using at the time? And the method that you – it's a two-part question. The second part is, is, did you change methods? Did you say, hey, we should go from this method to that method?
2: Um uh- so we were, we're very similar to your style. We're, we're, we're top down. My, my uh, background in trading stocks is more of, you know, like, just like you said, like looking at numbers, um, you know, we, we never really originated. We were fans of basketball and NBA. So, you know, we had our opinions. Um, but when we started doing this and we started like learning, you know, what plus EV means and all that good stuff, we, we knew that we were more—we were going to take it more from a market approach, uh, where we're, you know, shopping for the best lines, finding discrepancies, uh, because the orig- originating is, is something that's very hard to do. I respect all the guys out there. We have, I mean, we have a ton of partners that I, I respect very highly because they're incredible modelers, uh, they're incredible originators. Um, but our, like, what my expertise and what Harut's expertise lies is is just just being good traders. Uh, so, you know, the market gives us a lot of information. Um, and it's, and I believe is the most sound information, uh, because it's the collection of all of these originators, all of these sharp betters um, combined as opposed to just one. Now, if you're one really, really sharp originator, you could have a really good edge, but that's not really what our niche is. Our niche is
0: mainly in the trading side of things. So, so this is beautiful, what you just said, Drew, and I, and I, and I want to reiterate this for anybody listening. You know, if, you're, if you have to choose, there's a choice here. You could be an originator, you try to crank your own numbers, okay? And I've seen originators in this business come and go. And unfortunately, a lot of them, you know, some of them wind up being rich and retiring, but most of them wind up going broke. Um, why? Why? Because they think they're good, they, and they think that their edge is going to last, and they didn't refine, and they didn't uh, refine their methods, they weren't able to, uh, you know, adapt and overcome, uh, as they say. Uh, And and in order to create models, you know, the market just keeps getting efficient. So you have to be able to keep creating models over and over again. And that's the part where if you're going to be making numbers, you have to keep factoring in and you have to keep working hard. Such a hard strategy. Now, you guys, you know, this is, I think, why we we blended so well together and we kind of understood each other is when you take a top-down approach, a market-driven strategy, All these, the best originators in the world indirectly work for you because they're the ones that are betting these numbers and you see these lines. So the guys that are the best in the world are going to move the numbers. The guys that suck eventually are not going to move the numbers and they're going to fizzle out and go broke. But guess what? The market driven strategy, watching line moves, technical analysis is going to always be a profitable strategy because you're on top already and you don't have to move. You're watching everything. And it's such a beautiful thing because you don't have to worry about making sure that your model is fine tuned and all. It's just so much work for, for potentially you could be losing. You know, it's usually most originators don't realize them until it's too late that their model no longer works. Um, Do you agree to everything I just said? And if not, tell me what you disagree with, either of you.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree a lot. Um, Like I said, when you were watching the market, you're technically crowdsourcing information because it's a collection of a a bunch of different models factored into the market. So I'm 100% with you. Um, Of course, you know, are you going to get, if a model's really good, are you going to Beat the modeler and get the best number? No, probably not. But when you work this approach, your volume is just so much higher. So you're sacrificing a bit of the edge to get um, a, a bigger portion. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, a bigger volume across uh, a variety of sports that you're betting.
0: Another great point, Haru, and I just want, again, I wanted to stress this out. So what Haru is saying is most of these originators, to be an originator and to be a profitable originator or a handicapper in, in, in one sport, let alone two or three, is next to impossible. To do it in one sport is is, is, is a, such a tall task. Most guys can do it, and if the ones that are good, the ones that I know that are good can only are, are only be able to pretty much be able to beat one sport it 's so hard to go two three sports. What Haruta is saying is okay sure i won 't get as good of a number as an originator in sport a, however, using a top down approach sports a through z i 'm going to have the best of it, so therefore. I benefit from the economies of scale and I'm able to earn to every sport where most of these guys are spending all their time originating one sport, they're pigeonholed into that sport and they can't earn to other sports. That's another benefit. And I think a big plus of a market-driven top market-driven top-down approach. Any disagreement fellows? No, absolutely.
2: I think you're hundred percent right. I, th- I think there's different challenges that come with the top-down approach uh that you know originators don't face uh namely being the the head fakes that happen so often in the market but you know as as with anything else you know you have an advantage you have a disadvantage you you know you know you kind of take the good with the bad but we agree with you
0: 100 percent beautiful this is great so so for you know and we're going to get into advice and pitfalls and everything um in due time but okay so you guys now or seeing, okay, now I'm going to start doing this market driven approach. Drew moves back from Florida. Now you're both living together in Vegas. Um, what year are we talking about now? This was, um, summer of 2018. Okay. So this is when you guys are just starting to go pro right now.
2: Yeah. Um, I was still,
0: I was still working
2: a job. hard Hardware had gone full time a little bit before I did. Um, so yeah, right around
0: that time. Okay. When did you start seeing the money come in? When What was the moment where you just started saying, hey, wait a minute, Drew, you can quit now. We could do this full time. And how did you, you quit before, Drew? When did you say, hey, listen, I could do this, and I don't need to have supplemental income and have another job? I want to hear both moments because that's a big aha moment, and that's a big moment for any professional sports better in their career. And I think it's important to to to, you know,
1: describe that moment for the listeners yeah, absolutely. go ahead Hulk. so you know obviously when you first start out it takes a while to, to fully convince yourself that hey this is this is working what i'm doing is you know is putting money in our bankroll and uh you know the more you do it and the more you see that hey you know i'm i'm betting this and it's you know closing at uh you know two two points you know i'm getting a, a, a something that's two points better than market it's just you know it's a matter of time that you're you're going to make money we learned that you know through our research and stuff that this th- this is the surest way to make money in the long run when we're trading we're beating numbers we're beating the market there uh, to to get that experience and to know that uh, you know one month two months three months pass and you haven't had a losing month and your edges are clearly defined based on the numbers that you're getting and where the market's closing at it's just you, you one you already had the the principles down, and then when you apply it, you're like, okay, this is truly working, and then you have that confidence, and you give yourself, you know, enough of a cushion just in case, to, if you know things start retracing or variance hits you, you still have something to fall back on. You can, you, you know, when you when we felt like we were ready to take the full leap forward and do this full time, we were in a position we were capitalized to to do that.
0: What a big moment. How about you, Drew? Well, I mean,
2: we were kind of in line. It was it was like we were basically trading all the same stuff in the very beginning um, while we were still kind of experimenting. And then when we joined forces, it was kind of like, uh, uh, you know, in the very beginning, it's always going to be bankroll building time, you know, so. Uh you got two options really. You could either go full time and pull livable income out of it or you could go full time and work overtime and pay your bills else like, you know, through other means. And that's what I did. So I hung on to my job for a little bit longer. I was selling solar for a little while. Um I was, you know, pretty much my own boss, so I would just work on my own time around the trading. Uh I had I actually had a part-time job at T-Mobile Arena too working the Knights games uh in the suites and stuff like that and you know, it's, for for people looking to make that transition, it's really difficult, especially if you haven't been in, like, a 1099-only life, you know, I was in commission-only sales for two, two, three years prior to coming to this, so, you know, like, for me, it was, it was a little bit easier transition than it, than it will be for most, because when you're in commission-only anything, you, you eat what you kill, so if you, if you can't, if you can't make anything, then you're not getting paid, so, um and that's and that's a tough thing to swallow especially in the sports betting world because a lot of people they'll go put they'll go put a bet in they'll win the bet and then they go spend some of that money like immediately we didn't touch any of money we made for the first year and a half two years um so until obviously when when we decided to go full-time like okay we're we're capitalized enough to where we can at least pull out a little bit monthly to just cover our expenses but Everything else, I'm leaving in the bankroll so that we can let it uh, continue to accumulate. Because our ultimate goal was to just continue to bet bigger and bigger per game. Uh, so that's kind of where it was.
1: Also, the first couple, the first couple months, or the first, you know, even the first year when we were doing this, you know, we were always focused on improving our number, like making our number better. So if we would play a money line, you know, we got value. We would try to reduce our variance by, you know, taking the other side also at value. So it was just you know, as we were first starting off in the beginning, we wanted to make sure that we were doing whatever we could to make sure that our, our bankroll was, was growing as the you, month
0: you, you were able to scalp games, middle games to increase your bankroll, which is perfect. Um, that's how I started. That's how I increased my bankroll. Um, you know, there's a, I'm, I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to put my mindset in somebody new that wants to take the leap because I get messages all the time. You know, I think I got it. I think I know how to beat this. And honestly, it takes balls to be able to just jump in and say, you know, quit a job or or, or say, you know, do this. It, it's such a hard decision to make because, you know, Nobody, I think, going to school ever says, I'm going to grow up to be a professional gambler. I'm going to grow up to be a professional sports better. It just doesn't happen. It's not in the cards. This is not, you know, you ever play the game of life um, and everybody could be a doctor, a teacher, a lawyer. Professional gambler is not one of the spaces you could land on or not one of the occupations that you could get. So, you know, it's such such a huge step. And, um, you know, how... How do I want to talk mentally because mental state wise, you know, Drew mentioned, you know, you eat what you kill. He was in sales. Harut, you weren't in sales, were you? Like, how did you say, man, I you know, I I could do this and I'm going to do this full time and not have a backup income?
1: No, as a matter of fact, I was a lot more, you know, unstable with what I wanted to do. I was going to school. I was trying a job. I tried a business you know, none of it was working out. So that aha moment, my my epiphany moment with sports betting was like, I actually found something that I like. And I had something to compare to, you know, I had my school to compare to my other businesses, my other jobs. So it was like, for me, it was once I realized I really enjoyed betting in terms of like doing this, you know, as a real job, not just for fun. When I understood the, the dynamics of it all, and I started applying it, I realized that for me to do good work, I had to really like what I do. So anyone who you know who's you know looking to get into this business, or has the interest to you know try this out and transition into doing this for you know potentially a living, like you have to really you have to like it and you you have to be you know passionate about it because it's what really it's what what's really going to set you apart from you know your other typical betters. I think that. You know, this business you need to put a lot of effort into it, a lot of hours, it requires your attention, you know. Drew and I work a lot. So it was one of those things that, you know, my dedication to it, you know, my my commitment to this whole betting thing, even through the good and bad months, has always been to just, you know, stick to it. And I I, and that comes from really liking and enjoying what I do.
0: Beautiful answer. Um, you mentioned Drew and you work a lot. Describe what a lot is. And, you know, how many hours a week do you work, Haru?
1: I mean, Drew likes to always say, you know, we you know, the, this job is 25 hours a day. It's kind of, you know, it's an exaggeration of reality, but, you know, this business is nonstop. You know, something can come up at midnight, some information hits you, you, you just got to be around. So it's one of those things where there are no really set hours set in place, I mean, you kind of just have to be readily available. Like if you truly, if you want to truly get the the maximum out of this, I mean, you know, when opportunities are falling from the sky, you don't want to be away from the opportunity. You want to be there ready to, to capture it and take advantage of anything that comes in the market. So, I mean, a typical, you know, week like this, you know, Drew and I, we lucky to have each other as partners because we're splitting most of the workload, but between the both of us, we're getting you know, 140 hours of screen time per week. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of uh, eyes on the screen at any given time.
0: You guys are working approximately 70 hours a week each. Um, you know, now what if somebody, got, what if, you know, whiny Willie comes along and has a question, you know, how do you balance family time? How do you balance life? Uh, what do you say to a guy like that? You know, somebody that's just asking you a question.
1: So I just recently got married last year. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, if you have a wife who loves you and a wife who supports you, she's not going to really complain much about you spending a lot of time for working because she's going to make that sacrifice. But within you, you know, you you still, you know, you feel bad. You want to make that commitment for family because they're important. So you really have to, you know, find yourself, you know, a good, you know, uh, teammate, you know, like I found in Drew who's Who's given me the ability to you know trust him while I'm not on and he trusts me while he's not on and it's one of those things where having a partner has truly helped us at least get um the family time that we need to make sure that things stay balanced um there's a lot of a lot of stuff that goes on outside of work too that's gonna need our attention and if we get caught up in work twenty four you know seven um it's gonna come with a few drawbacks, and the best way to 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 make up for that is to make sure that you know, you're, you're putting yourself in a spot where you have uh, time for your family, too.
0: It's a tough balancing act. And I think both of you guys do a fine job in helping the other guy out. Or both of you guys on this, you know, working at the same time often, or that usually doesn't happen. Usually during
2: the busiest times, Um op- Obviously, Saturdays all hands on deck. Saturdays usually Sundays. There'll be some overlap, but pretty much most of the rest of the week, um, you know, we'll split. We'll split the day in half so that we're covered on screen from you know 5 a.m. to about 9 p.m. Sometimes, obviously later. Uh, it, rem- it reminded me of like one of the conversations you and I had a-, a week ago. It's like you said, you know, money's falling from the sky. I'm not gonna be like, hey, I'm clocking out. I'm gonna leave. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna grab my bag and I'm gonna start grabbing. This is one of those types of businesses you can't really control when the moves are happening. Uh, you can just hope that you're in front of the screen uh, and have enough outs to get down how much you want to get down on those bet on those bets. Um, so we just. We kind of have this motto of just do whatever it takes, and we're young, so you know we have the energy now uh, that we probably won't have ten, fifteen, twenty years from now. So you know you got to strike while the iron's hot.
0: I love it. Makes sense. This is just it's music to my ears. I I listen to both of you speak, and you know it's such uh, I I I see a younger me, and when I you know I, I just you know you guys are you know I admire you greatly, and and I love the hunger in both of you. Um, you guys are hungry and you want to succeed and it's not whether you guys are going to succeed or whether you're going to make money, it's how much you're going to make. And, and it all, it all just depends on how much work you're going to put in. So all the credit to you guys. Let's talk about, um, I w I want to discuss, you know, different tools and, and what's important. Um, you know. Um, you know, again, a young up and coming better is like, oh man, I got this great model or, or I, I know how to, you know, uh, analyze market moves. Um, if I know how to analyze market moves, is market moves alone going to be able to make you successful? Is a great model alone going to make you successful? What's What do you need? What more things do you need in this business to be successful in your opinion?
2: Well, um, you know, in terms of being successful in this business there's i think there's there's a lot of different ways to go about it, right like you said you know there's some modelers there's some market traders but the the best answer is always going to be all of the above combination of everything um, He who diversifies his his portfolio you know faces the least amount of risk um, generally speaking, so you know we like to we like to you know, explore different things. I think curiosity is very important in this space because um, if you only focus on what you know um, and you're unwilling to learn new things and you're unwilling to explore new things, then you're just going to be stuck on what you know. And, and that's it. Uh, I think one of the things that has kind of set us apart uh, is our curiosity and our willingness to trade pretty much any sport under the sun. Whereas there's a lot of guys, they say, all I do is I model this and I've been doing this for X amount of years. And, you know, I talk to the guy and they're betting smaller than than we are. Um, So it's just kind of one of those things where I think I think having as many different tools in your toolbox will help you do more things. That makes sense. And that's kind of the philosophy that Harut and I have have adopted from the very beginning. Uh, And it's worked well for us.
1: Anything to add to that? I mean what Drew said pretty much covers the most of it, but you know, you know, stuff that we're using on a daily basis, you know, social media is good to us, you know, we're staying on top of information. Uh you know, our, our real time odd software, we have multiple, so we're able to see what's going on with the market. Um, these are just a few of the tools that we use on on a daily basis.
0: Okay, but so what I was getting at, the answer that I was looking for is, you know, you can have all these tools and everything, but if you can't bet, if you have no outs to get down, yeah. well, this is meaningless. So like, you know, is that, because I believe that's the most important thing in the world. Um, you guys know how to win already. Okay, now this, this might, you know, you guys know how to win. If you have enough outs and if you are able to get down, you could win. Um, winning now has become, in my opinion, at least just for me, and I, I can't speak for everyone, but for us, winning is trivial. And I know that might sound, oh man, you know, winning is not trivial. No, winning is trivial. I've been doing this for so long, I know how to win. However, lasting in outs, lasting in sports books, finding sports books to book my bets, finding betting partners to give me outs to bet, that's the hardest part. That is the challenge. You guys have been kicked out constantly from several places both domestic and offshore, Las Vegas and beyond. How are you able to find ways to be able to maintain a sufficient outpool to continue your business?
2: I think think Twitter was a really big game changer for that. Uh, You know, when we first started, we weren't really uh, facing the trouble of, you know, getting kicked out everywhere until we started getting kicked out. And then uh, (laughs) – And you know we kind of resorted to Twitter, and that's where we we started meeting a lot of really cool people. Um, we have a lot of amazing partners. I mean, shout out to all of our partners. And I, I agree with you, Spanky. Like w- once you learn how to win, that part of it just kind of becomes automatic. It's not easy by any mean by any stretch of the imagination. But I feel like there's a lot harder things, um, such as replenishing accounts. Uh, not just replenishing accounts, but keeping partners happy because it's not just about me. Uh, if I was the middle every game and I was to take neutral leave these spots and a lot of my accounts, my partners would come to me and say, yo, WTF, you know? So, uh, it's also keeping partners happy. Um, and also having the technology, obviously like a real time mod software, like Harwood said is absolutely necessary. Um, having multiple outs so that you can get the best of the number is absolutely necessary. Um, and you
0: know like we, i we I want about- to I I list these multiple outs, real time odd software. what else are we missing fellas? um I think we're we've gone into
2: the age of of sports betting where uh it's it's really a battle it's it's you're, you're really just racing it's who has the who has the best technology and who has the best information? I think those are the two key components. And when it comes to technology, I mean, robot betting has really kind of taken over. It's doing the same thing that I saw it do to the stock market when I was trading stocks. Um, so I think robot, robot trading is going to be the future. Um, and I think having access to the fastest information uh, is, is very important. I mean, you've built a very good business based around that. Yeah. Um, so, so, but you guys yeah. also use robots, yeah, we've recently
0: started. Yeah, um, you know. And how was that? How was that transition? How big was that move to be able no, to go he, he to much be able to fully much automate or not fully or partially automate your betting process? I mean, it helped us get a lot more down.
2: That's for sure. Um, but I think I think it's nec- I think it's a necessity. If you're going to become a professional, um, it's just kind of part of the natural progression. Um, by the time you get to the point where you're betting five figures a game, five plus figures a game, you're just not going to be able to do it all by hand. At least at a really successful clip, not in my perspective,
0: but to so. Perfect, Drew. That sound, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, okay, so, you know, let's talk about, you know, you guys deal with the offshore world a lot. Um, I want to talk about laydowns. Uh, I was recently asked this, uh, on a q and a how do you handle when somebody doesn't pay you you know how, 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 you know it sucks, but it's just part of the business being in the credit business um,
1: yeah there's only so much you can you know you know do i mean you're not gonna go and you know break the law or hurt somebody for doing that to you it's just i've always been a big believer i've talked about this with several people you know you just kind of have to but that as part of the realistic expectation of this business and it sucks yeah you get laid down but at at the same time you know you know reputation holds a big part of this business so generally speaking you can at least do your due diligence and and do your best to avoid that but in in the instance that it does happen you just you kind of have to you know go in with the mindset that you know what goes around comes around type thing and I you know, I've dealt with laydowns in the past, you know, Drew has dealt with his too. And um I know from experience also, um, you know, thanks to you, I know when we met we, we talked about this um a bit when we when we initially met last year. And it it this goes back to my point that it, it, it pays to know people in this business because there's you know, people are gonna help you out just the same way that you did. Um, and then, you know, there's going to be an instance where, you know, someone else is dealing with the issue and you're able to help them out. So to some degree, anytime you get a lay down, it's not it's not necessarily completely gone forever. Um, there is still certain instances from my experience where we've gotten it back. But I think that you just kind of have to account for that as part of this business when you're, uh, you know, doing doing what you're doing.
0: It, 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 you know, lay downs are a part of it. And um, it's um it's just a part of the business. And like you said, what goes around comes around. Listen, you know, the the thing is, is reputation is everything. Um, the people that lay down on other people are not going to be able to last in the business long. Um, and the word gets out. And, you know, that's why the solid people share information with each other, um, and, and help each other know who's good and who's not, because it's a small network of people in this business. um, if you're if you don't know somebody in this business you usually know somebody that knows somebody so it's 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 so um you know the guys that lay down or the guys that have done the wrong thing it's known already and if they think it's it's hush hush or it's kept hush hush that's definitely not the case it's it's well known by everybody so you know and and, and those guys get shunned or um get ostracized from the business because um you know it's a reputation is everything so well said uh, harut I want to talk about, um, about you know, let, let's talk about bad runs and, 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 and you know, because everybody goes through them, um, and I think this is an important thing. Um, I like your intake on this, Harut. You know, let's talk about, like, you know, when you have a bad day or a bad week or a bad month or, you know, things are just not going well. You're getting the best of it. You're trading correctly. Um, you're getting good numbers. Just, you know, you're not winning. Um, how do you handle that how do you stomach that because this is the only profession that you could go to work do everything right do you know do what you're supposed to do and instead of getting a paycheck at the end of the week um somebody goes into your pocket and takes money out um and you did all this work worked 70 hours and somebody says hey great job and they and money is taken out of your pocket instead of put in this is the only industry that something like this can happen how do you handle that psychologically
1: i mean it's tough especially if you're used to winning more than you're losing i mean you don't really deal with it that often and this past week was a perfect example of that and um You know, it's not always going to go our way. So, in certain instances where things are not going right, what really helps me is to, you know, compare those moments with all our good moments. You know, this week's been bad, sure, but you got to kind of think of the entire picture because if you try to zone in on just what's gone wrong, you know, you'll start dwelling on that and you'll lose sight of you know, what, what truly matters is the the decision making. I mean, the outcomes we can't control. And I told Drew all the time, what, what matters most is, you know, making our decisions and let the outcomes play themselves in the long run. And I, I can't stress the importance of always setting realistic expectations because anything at any given moment, any day, any week, um, things can, things can heavily go against you. You know, you can, just be taking, you know, big hits, you know, things are losing, things are not going right, you can't seem to catch a break. But at the same time, I mean, that's part of the entire picture. I mean, if you really think about it, what if you had, you know, not as good of months as you've been having, and that bad week, or that bad month was just, you know, balanced out and spread out evenly across all your months, you would never, you know, really feel it. So it's just, one of those things where you have to, you know, be be realistic with the expectations going into this business. It's not always going to be sunshines and rainbows. Well said.
0: You know, I, I think what separates the professional gambling industry or professional sports betting from any other business is you can have good week, good week, good week, and then bad week. And most people, you know, in their psychological nature, they would rather have, instead of you know, good week, good week, good week, bad week, they'd rather just have okay week, okay week, okay week, and okay week, never a bad, because people would rather earn less over the four weeks total in aggregate and work a regular job than stomach the bad week. And I think psychologically, guys can't handle that. It's a special kind of person to be able to stomach a loss, a losing week, Guys can't do it. There's so many people, and again, this is just walks of life of what I've talked to. You know, and 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 it's tough. It's not, you know, you're not born with it. I think, you know, human beings in general don't like to have a roller coaster ride. People like to have smooth sailing, just nice and straight. I get my paycheck. I clock in. I clock out. Boom, boom. Stead, slow and steady. I know it's coming. Being a professional gambler, you're on a roller coaster, and there are obviously, if you're professional, there are more highs than lows. But it's how you handle the lows that separates uh, the pros from the wannabes. You guys seem to have a great head on your shoulder to be able to do that. You said it wasn't easy, but you believe in yourself, Harut. Um, did you always feel that way? What got you to that mental state? Of knowing that I should believe in the long run, you
1: aren't born with it. No, you aren't. But as I said, when you have that experience and you have something to reflect on, and you know the success that you've gotten from this business up to the point of you know taking a big hit or or a bad stretch of losing, you have something to fall back on and say, "Hey, you know what? I, I was you know crushing it for." you know, 11 months straight, 12 months straight, I did not have a losing month. And when you have that experience, you know, you have that confidence and belief that this time will pass, because sometimes it is going to rain, and it's going to rain hard, but you can't expect, you know, that to to last forever, eventually, the sun's going to come out again, and you're going to experience, you know, the good, the good winning months that, you know, you've you've had for, you know, more than the, the bad losing months. So it's one of those things where I think if you have, you know, that experience, that taste of success, um, the, the losing months are, are not going to uh, impact you emotionally or, or mentally as much because you know that what you're doing works and it's just a, a you know, a, a bad, a bad run that you're going. You through. feel the
0: same way, Drew, you can
2: handle bad runs. Yeah. I mean, I mean I traded stocks for a little bit, so I have my fair share of losses. Um, obviously it's slightly different in a sports betting game, but yeah, I think I think sports betting one of the one of the most uh, unique aspects of it is it really it really um, it really shows us like all of the cognitive biases that we as humans have and some of the pitfalls and kind of our way of thinking like what you said earlier, how some people would just rather have four okay weeks than two really good weeks and then two losing weeks. To me, I don't really give a shit as long as I'm making money at at the end of it. Whichever is going to yield me more, I'll stomach the bad. Um, but that also goes with being confident and believing in what you're doing. So I think that has
0: to be there uh, in order to do that. Self-confidence, huge, huge, huge part of it. You know, Um so when I first met you guys, you know, you guys we met at the long bar at the D last time I was in v- uh, in v- and I think it was January February yeah and, right before the uh, pandemic. Yeah, right before the pandemic and you guys really impressed me. You guys this is you know, you guys were doing it all. You you mentioned a lot of names in the business, mutual friends that we had. Um since then, what have you guys, you know, what things have you learned? You know, I know it's only been less than a year, but um, how have you gotten through this pandemic and what have what, how have you adapted
2: man I mean, where do we even begin? i mean pandemic was kind of it kind of threw a curveball for everybody um you know there wasn't any sports for a little while, so we were kind of just like going stir crazy you know sitting around we we weren't working for several months um and we didn't really know what to expect but when when you know, sports betting came back around, you know, it was kind of back to business, but things were slightly different. But I think the biggest thing that we learned was to be adaptable. Uh, adaptability is super important because things change all the time. Nothing, nothing ever stays the same. Markets change, opportunities change, edges become available, and then they disappear. Um, so being fluid and adaptable, I think, is one of the biggest things that we learned. Uh, is is of utmost importance because uh without that characteristic um if if what you're doing just ceases to exist or stops working then you're kind of screwed you're sitting there without a, a backup plan or something to do so uh i think i think being adaptable was was one of the biggest things that we learned in the last year um along with along with you know joining Twitter and really like meeting a lot of partners that way I think that was a big thing that that kind of gave us a nice boost this last year.
0: You guys uh, my head trader Luke who's I think one of the best in the world at what he does. Um when he came in and I taught him the business he uh I showed him what I knew, he took what I knew and put a little bit of his own flavor in it. And now he does his thing and um And he does his thing. And sometimes him and I might not agree on everything, um, but that's fine. Uh, You know, he put his own sprinkle on it. and, and, And that's what you're supposed to do because nobody can bet the same. Nobody can see things the same way, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do you guys differ in any way? And if so, where do you guys differ? You know, is there ever of, I, I wouldn't have done it that way. You know, I know you guys are best of friends. You guys are partners. But is there things that you disagree on that maybe, you know, you guys don't see eye to eye on, or maybe you guys have had to learn to adapt to the other person's perspective. Um, Did you talk things out? Because, you know, there are groups out there that might have partners and I think it's important to explore how you guys are able to hash disagreements
1: out. So I think that because we both started, you know, doing this, this trading thing together at the same time, a lot of our perspectives are in line. Um, we agree with a lot of things because of the way we've learned things and seen what works and what doesn't. So I think trading alongside each other from the beginning of time has helped us been on the same page, you know, 95% of the time on a lot of things. And obviously, uh, because of personalities and stuff, we're each unique in our own way. So there's obviously going to be some things, you know, that differ between, this, between the two of us in terms of style. But I think what's most important is not necessarily, you know, how a trade is played or how, you know, the decision is made. I I, I truly value and appreciate his perspective just as mine. Um, I feel like there is multiple ways of going about, you know, the same thing. If you can get in on a profitable situation in one way or another, you know, there is no you know, right? Or like, I'm not gonna tell him something that he did just because I would play it differently doesn't mean mean that what he did is wrong. Um, so I think that there's gonna be difference in opinion, but I do feel like Joe and I are typically on the same page with a lot of things. Beautiful
0: man, it's you guys are like Armenian brothers. You guys just bang it out. I love it. <laughs> that's just that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Um, you know. Do you, let's just because you said you both explain that one guy is on for half the day and then another guy comes on for the second half of the day. Um, do you guys explain, OK, here are some pieces we took. Uh, we're keeping an eye on it. Um, you know, we have a system where we kind of like write letter, you know, words or a little paragraph on why we have this position or what's this, that. How do you guys relay information to each other?
1: Well, we we obviously have you know all of our plays organized and logged, you know in an.
0: What do you use a spreadsheet? Or...
1: Yeah, we use a we use a spreadsheet, something that's accessible via you know a cloud, so we can both see it. Um, we leave notes on there and stuff, and because we're used to the way we trade, even if there were certain you know, uh, notes missing or there were no notes left at all. Generally, if you see a play in the sheet and you look at the Don Best screen or any other screen, you can get a good sense of what the logic or the philosophy was behind a certain play. So, I mean, you know, that's another thing that, you know, pays to kind of be on the same page because anytime I'm on, usually I'm on in the mornings um, when a lot of the moves are happening and then Drew will come on in the second half of the day and top positions off or, you know, trade out of positions if we need to middle or whatever we're doing. But I think that <clears throat> there's good, um, you know, chemistry between, you know, it's important, I feel like, especially if you have a partner, you have to, if you're coming on at, you know, halfway through the day and you see a bunch of plays logged in a sheet, you don't want to sit down and look and stare at plays in the sheet that you don't agree with. Or that you don't like, because then you're like, "Oh, what am I? What am I supposed to do with
0: it?" Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like obviously, you know, you. Oh, okay. Drew comes in Harut. You laid five. The line's six and a half. Great job. But there has to been a time in which you know, Hey Harut, I see you laid five. The line's four and a half. You know what, what's happening here? What the fuck? Like, you know, <laughs> those hat those occurrences had to have happened. Uh, you yeah. know. And they say, "Oh man, I I, may, I thought this guy was in, or this guy was out, or I got this read, I got phony, head faked, whatever it is. You guys communicate it well." Yeah, together, I think huh?
1: it's important to uh, always be logical in your decision making because the outcomes of the decision don't always have to be perfect. I really uh, mm-hmm. value the fact that if you can spend enough of you know the that that effort to uh, make a logical decision in every situation, there's always going to be validity as to why you made a certain decision in a certain spot.
0: I love it. You know, to, to see both of you guys blend so well together is not, I don't see it too often. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, none of you guys, I think you guys both checked your egos at the door going into business with each other. And, um, and, i I think you guys really, really blend so well, you're like brothers, it seems um you guys really bang this out, um so all the credit to you um you know d- you know I guess you guys were basketball teammates that did that help you know you guys were already part of a team, and you kind of just brought it to the betting stage,
2: yeah, yeah, I mean, uh you know, we've always been really good friends, but I think when we started betting, it just kind of took took off to a whole different level. Um, and, you know, I think you're definitely right in terms of checking the ego at the door because this is one of those businesses that uh, there's there's a lot of ego in this game, I've noticed. We've learned just by being in it, you see all the different players in the game, you could tell, you know, these people feel very strongly about um, their opinions. And, you know, our approach is kind of like, you know, my opinion doesn't really mean anything. What matters at the end of the day is, as long as we can, you know, trade profitably. Sure, I can be wrong. Let's just figure out how to be right. You know, uh, so if I'm doing something wrong, uh, you know, I don't really, I don't really harp over. I try not to harp over it, and we just, you know, adjust, you know, kind of like the trading style to 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 be more right. I guess to
0: experience. be better betters. Exactly. Be Better Betters. Sounds familiar. Speaking of which, the name of the podcast is called Be Better Betters. I always ask my guests if you could give one bit of advice, but you guys, you know, given that, you know, you guys are are young up and comers and you guys have just recently gone pro, I want to give you guys each a minute to say whatever you want. You could bullet point it, you could do whatever you want, but I'd like you to give out information to somebody that's looking to take that plunge, you know, can I be a pro or can I actually earn to this or can I do this as a hobby and lose less? Whatever it may be, just to be a better, better, what can you give? I want to start with Harut. Harut, give that advice the minute clock starts now.
1: I think if you're really curious about something that you should always try, you know, I've been curious my entire life. I've tried many different things and not everything has been successful, Um, And that's okay. Things are not always going to work out. You're going to fail a lot of times uh, more than you're successful. But once you find that one thing, it's going to make up for everything else that's failed you in your life. So the best piece of advice I can give is if you want to try something, try it, you know, take that opportunity, make it happen. See if it works out for you. And if it doesn't, go on and try something new until you find something that sticks. So if you're coming into this business, you have an idea, you want to do something, you're inspired, just give it a go. You know, you'll find your niche, um, whether you want to be a modeler, you want to be a trader, you want to be, you know, I don't, I don't know what, but if you find something that you like and you're passionate about, it'll drive you to, you know, put in that work and to be successful in, in this business or another.
0: I love it. Love what you do. That's what it comes down to. When you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. Drew, what do you say? I'm going to pretty much give as much as I can in my third, in my
2: 60 seconds. No, I'm, um, ju- I'm just bust the balls. Ball. <laughs> Take as much time as you want. I'm just, go ahead, buddy. Well, when it comes to sports betting, I think there's a big misconception about what it actually entails. If you think sports betting is sitting around watching sports, you're sorely mistaken. Uh, sports betting is a lot more math and numbers than it is anything else. So if you don't enjoy looking at numbers and math, there's a high, high chance that you're not going to, uh, succeed in this business. So, um, You know, got to be okay with with numbers, got to be okay with math. Uh, I highly recommend guys starting out small and not stretching themselves too thin. I think bankroll management is a big uh, issue for a lot of people that I talk to. They stretch themselves too thin. So start small. There was a point in time when we first started, I had $1,000, and we were betting $50 a game or whatever the case was. Uh, So start small. Read books. One of the biggest turning points for us, or at least for me, was when I read Sharper by Poker Joe. Um, there's also the logic of sports, uh, logic of sports betting by Ed Miller. That's a really good book. Those two books are like kind of like the Bibles. They, they'll kind of give you pretty much everything you need to know to start out. Um, so don't stretch yourself too thin, read, seek out information and, uh, you know, hopefully it'll be a better, better.
0: Gentlemen, what a pleasure this was for you guys to come on a podcast. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to do this. I know you guys are betting all the time, and you guys work very hard. So for you guys to take the time out, and um, I, you know, I don't usually bring young guns on, but I, I'm kind of starting to wanna. I kind of want to stretch this out because you guys are a professional group. I respect the hell out of you. I think you guys are solid. You're honorable, which is very important. Um, which uh, unfortunately is not found too much in today's young uh, uh, betting group from or bookmaking group, in my experience. However, I know you guys are honorable, and I know you guys are such. Your work ethic is incredible. You guys are just unbelievable. You guys are the the the, the future of this business. And for me to be able to hear your intake, your your, your input. On what got you guys there and what continues to keep you guys there to be able to make a living um is just beautiful and i hope that everybody listening out there could listen to harut and drew and and learn from them because listen they were just like everybody you know they did the whole vegas dave trap they fell into the traps Morning gale, all this but then it clicked, they worked hard, they worked hard, they clawed, they scratched, they worked their way, and now it's a dream. They make money betting sports. What people do for fun on the weekends, they do for a living. So always remember that the harder you work, um, success is will become inevitable. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on.
2: Thank you, Smacky. Thank you, thank, you. thank you for having us. Thank you. We appreciate the opportunity to be better betters.
0: Oh shit, that was nice, Drew. Thanks so much for the impersonation. I would keep betting. Thanks so much for the time. Until next time.